Welcome to the Eagles Live Podcast, episode 63. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro, and we're going to get into the heat of some off-season action very, very quickly. The team departs for Indianapolis and the NFL Scouting Combine at the end of this month. Free agency in the NFL begins on March 9th, and then at the end of April, don't look now, the NFL Draft arrives in Philadelphia. In this Eagles Live podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about the Eagles special teams, which ranked first in the league, according to a comprehensive annual study done by Rick Goslin of the Dallas Morning News. The 2016 season, again, a success for Dave Phipp, the Eagles special teams coordinator. For the second time in three seasons, Phipp's special teams ranking number one in Goslin's rankings in the NFL. Why the success? Well, there were many reasons. The kickoff return team, outstanding, leading the league with five returns of 50-plus yards, and the only team in the NFL with multiple kickoff return touchdowns. The Eagles also finishing second in the league in punt return average, 12.9 yards per return, with Darren Sproles leading the way. The Eagles, the best field position following a kickoff on both offense and on defense in 2016. It did not hurt that Caleb Sturgis blossomed so quickly after winning the place kicker job in a contest during the preseason with Cody Parkey. Sturgis went on to have a career season. In fact, a historical season with 35 field goals, the most in Eagles history. So we begin today's podcast with a little one-on-one with special teams coordinator Dave Phipp, who talks about the success of his group from top to bottom. Dave Phipp, more success for your special teams. Why the success, Dave? Why do you think your message gets through? I think it really starts at the top of the organization. Our owner, Mr. Lurie, he enjoys special teams play more than anybody. Um, so it starts with him and then Howie and Joe Douglas. Those guys do a great job of getting players who play special teams at a high level. So we've been fortunate that way. And then we got a bunch of really great players that are all in. They want to be great. They're self-driven and motivated. So I've been fortunate to kind of be in a position where I'm just kind of directing those guys and those guys take care of business. And they play at a high level. Obviously, we want to play at a high level as a team. Dave, when did you think you had an idea in 2016 that you would have such a good group? Well, I knew early on, you know, I felt like we had a good group of players. You know, I thought we just had to make sure we did a good job of coaching those guys and putting them in a good position to get the most out of each player individually and play well collectively. But it really started from the very beginning. I thought we had a talented group and I thought it was our job to make sure we didn't get in the way. Is it a situation, Coach, where you've got these veteran players, this core group, and they kind of show the way for some of the young players like Wendell Smallwood, some of the players who come in here and want to establish themselves on special teams? Yeah, I would say we're definitely fortunate. Obviously, we've played at a fairly high level for a few years now. we got a bunch of veteran players who take special teams real seriously. They know it can make a major impact in a football game and make a difference for our football team. Those guys really lead the way, and I think they really do a great job with the younger talent and bringing those guys on board and not only bringing them on board, but also kind of letting them know what our expectations and our own standards are for ourselves and the way we play on those plays. Dave, two times in the last three years you've been atop the rankings from Rick Gosling. Do you take a sense of individual pride with that? 
Well, I think we're all prideful people. I mean, sure, there's some sense of pride. You're competitive. You want to do a good job with what you're being asked to do. But at the end of the day, for us, really the biggest thing is winning championships, winning Super Bowls as a football team. And that's really the only thing that really matters. So, uh, you know, I'm pleased that we've contributed positively to the football team. But at the end of the day, we got to do a lot more than what we've done in the past. And, and really, individual rankings really don't mean a whole lot to us. I'm sure one day we look back. We'll be proud of that, but right now we're trying to win as a team. Dave, it's February. It's quiet. We're all thinking about the season ahead. Is it kind of impossible to know right now what you have in terms of special teams? There's no 53-man roster set. Do you have a sense of really how good you're going to be on special teams in 2017? I would say for me, that's always actually the best part of the whole thing because it totally resets. And you hear coaches all the time say, well, every year is different. But on special teams, every year is totally different because the back end of the roster changes more than any part of the roster. And that's really the players that we deal with primarily. So for me, honestly, it's exciting. We're excited about acquiring new players. We're excited about getting some guys back. And then you really are excited by the challenge of finding a place for each guy and trying to use all those guys in positions that they can be successful at and then that collectively you can be successful at. So that's really an enjoyable part of it for me. So I look forward to that, but it's definitely hard at this time of year to picture exactly what it's going to look like, that's for sure. And then at the same time, you've got John Dorenbaugh signed, you've got Donnie Jones signed, you've got Caleb Sturgis signed, you've got Darren Sproles signed, Wendell Smallwood has another year under his belt. So at least you know you've got some key pieces coming back. Yeah, we know we got a bunch of great players to start with, and that's the key to the whole thing is you got a foundation of guys that you can start with and they can set the standards and expectations and help you out along the way there. And then we'll add some new guys into it, and we've got a lot of work to do in the offseason here. We're excited about getting started. really can't happen soon enough for me. I hate it when the players are out of the building, so my favorite time of year is naturally when they're there. So hopefully we can get started soon here and get to working on building the championship. Dave, thank you. Congratulations. And we appreciate you taking your time to join us on the Eagles Live podcast. Thank you. We really appreciate it very much. Now we introduce a new feature to the Eagles Live podcast. It's called our bird phone, and we will introduce new topics, give you a phone number to call, leave a message, and we'll pick out the questions and have a conversation. This week, our topic, the biggest need for the Eagles as they head into this offseason. This is the debut of the bird phone on the Eagles Live podcast. My name is Zach from Allentown, Pennsylvania. I think the Eagles' number one need is receiver. I would like to talk about Alshon Jeffrey as a free agent signing. Zach, thank you very much for the question. And there's no doubt that Alshon Jeffrey is a tremendous talent. Six feet three, 218 pounds, a former second round draft pick from South Carolina. And some of the numbers that he's put up, really extraordinary. 2013, 89 catches, 1,421 yards, and 16 touchdowns. Came back the next year, 2014, 85 catches, 1,133 yards, and 10 touchdowns. Since then, it has not been a smooth ride for Jeffrey or the Chicago Bears offense. Injuries limiting Jeffrey in 2015 to nine games. He had just 54 catches, four touchdowns. Last year, a disastrous year for the Chicago Bears. And for Jeffrey, just 52 catches, two touchdowns, 821 yards. Suspended four games for performance-enhancing drug use. 
So this is a very complicated situation, but let's get our arms around the facts. The Bears have until 4 p.m. on March 1st to use the franchise tag on Jeffrey for a second consecutive season. He played under the tag last year. Franchise tag this year would cost $15.8 million. If Jeffrey gets to the open market on March 9th, and I think that is a stretch given Chicago's receiving picture with former first-round pick Kevin White battling injuries, I mean, they really have to look at Jeffrey as their centerpiece in the passing game. Eddie Royal, a good slot receiver, but not a franchise wide receiver. The Bears have a lot of cap room. I think they're trying to work out a deal with Jeffrey, a long-term deal. And if that fails, it would not surprise me at all to see Jeffrey playing under the franchise tag in 2017. We'll talk about Jeffrey if he gets to free agency. Zach, I say at this point that Alshon Jeffrey remains in Chicago and does not hit the free agent market. Hi, my name is Steven. I'm calling from Texas. Yes, I'm an Eagles fan. My number one objective for the Eagles this offseason is getting some weapons around Carson Wentz. Hopefully he can prosper next year. Fly, Eagles, fly. Steven from Texas. Hi, Steven. Yeah, weapons around Carson Wentz. Very much the mandate for the Eagles in this offseason. We've heard Howie Roseman talk about it in his after-the-season press conference. We've heard Joe Douglas discuss it. And to me, it's not just about the wide receivers. It's first about the offensive line. Because let's be honest, there are questions about this offensive line. Jason Peters coming off a Pro Bowl season, but he'll be 34 years of age in 2017. Can he continue to play at such a high level at that left tackle position. What do the Eagles do at left guard with Alan Barber? A good player, a solid player, a physical player, the kind of guy you want on your team, but he also was hampered by hamstring injuries late in the 2016 season. And to me, that is always a concern for an older player. When you have those leg injuries, those hamstring injuries, those muscle pulls, well, how do you feel about Alan Barber? What do the Eagles do with Isaac Sayamalo, who they are so excited about? How do you work Sayamalo into the lineup? Jason Kelsey at center, I know he didn't have his greatest year. I know he's had some problems with bigger defensive tackles. I know that he was critical of himself in 2016, but he still played in the Pro Bowl. He's still a quality center. And he and Carson Wentz are on the same page. If you start messing around with that offensive line so much, you're going to really play into the mind of a second-year quarterback. So for me, getting that offensive line right for the long term is the first step. And then, yes, add wide receivers, add running backs, tweak the scheme in the red zone where the Eagles struggled so much in 2016. How far away are the Eagles offensively? We're going to find out because the offensive areas of improvement are very obvious for all to see. The skill positions, yes, but don't forget about that offensive line. I'm not advocating a high draft pick or a big money free agent signing because I think Sayamalo and Halapolavati Vitae, two key players here, develop them, keep Peters healthy, Jason Kelsey comes back another season with Brandon Brooks on his right. 
Barber or Sayamalo on his left. Lane Johnson stays on the field for 16 games. Remember, the Eagles were 5-1 and one with Lane Johnson in the starting lineup last year. If you have that offensive line going and consistent, boy, this offense can really take off no matter what you add at the skill positions. My name's Dalton, and I'm calling from Nebraska, and I think that the Eagles really need to bring Deshaun Jackson back in free agency because the wide receivers did not play very well last season. I think that's the number one priority. Deshaun Jackson, Dalton? Well, that's a name that we have heard for the last several months, and there's no question that Deshaun Jackson still has juice in his game. 56 catches, 1,005 yards, a 17.9 yard per catch average last year. I stood on the field at FedEx Field when the Eagles played the Redskins this year, and the Eagles had no answers for Deshaun Jackson. He would bring a speed element to any offense, explosiveness. And really, the first step is here, do the Washington Redskins keep Jackson? Do they keep Pierre Garçon? They've got a first-round pick last year by the name of Josh Doxson. He caught two passes for 66 yards in his first two games last year. Missed the rest of the season with an Achilles injury. So, you know, Deshaun Jackson, if he gets to free agency, we're all going to keep our eyes open there. He wouldn't cost as much as Alshon Jeffrey, but he does have some age. He's going into his 10th season. He's not a big physical receiver. And while the Eagles do want to add speed, no question about it, and explosiveness, they still need to be bigger at the wide receiver position in the red zone. Sean Jackson, no doubt, adds explosiveness and is a name to watch when free agency comes around. Hi there. My name is Miguel Lara, calling from California. Your priority this offseason is bringing some wide receivers that can catch the ball, bringing some DBs that can cover Des Bryant, Terrence Williams, Deshaun Jackson. All those guys in the NFC East making it trouble for these all these defenses, but bring in a wide receiver that can lead this young wide receiver tandem. Bring in a good wide receiver, add a couple DBs, and we're set. We're almost there. Miguel from California. Well, we've talked about wide receivers who can catch the football, and the Eagles do have a new wide receivers coach, Mike Grow, who we will visit with in the very near future here on the Eagles Live podcast. They need to have the current cast of wide receivers improve. No question about it. But let's talk about the defensive backs because it is a changing picture for the Eagles. They've already released Leotis McKelvin, played here for one year, frees up some cap room, bothered by hamstring injuries this year, did not deliver on a consistent basis. Nolan Carroll, an impending free agent on March 9th. Do the Eagles bring him back? At some point, perhaps. But initially, to me, cornerback is a huge area that needs to be addressed, likely in the draft. I just don't see in free agency the Eagles having the resources to go out and sign somebody like A.J. Bouye from the Houston Texans should he get to free agency. You're talking about $10 bucks a year for these high-level free agent cornerbacks. And the Eagles... They just do not have the cap room. They are not in position, even if they clear out some veterans, in a league that is now flush with salary cap space, the Eagles ranking among the lower tier teams in terms of salary cap space. So how do they address cornerback? They look to the draft. Maybe in free agency, there's a young player on the rise that they feel they can work with. 
but they've also got to look at the roster they have now. Jalen Mills enters his second season after playing a lot in his rookie year. Can he be a starter? Is C.J. Smith a player that you want to develop into a role-playing position at the cornerback spots? Aaron Grimes and Dwayne Gratz return in 2017, looking to prove themselves. Mitchell White comes in from the Canadian League. Can he play in the NFL game and help the Eagles? Hey, Miguel, I agree with you. Cornerback is a big need. I'm really interested to see what the Eagles do at that position because they've got a bunch of great receivers on the schedule next year. Certainly the Dallas Cowboys, the New York Giants, the Washington Redskins, and then look at the rest of the schedule. Loaded with superstar wide receivers. My name is uh, Beto from Texas, and I think that what the Eagles should do is maybe try to move Nelson Aguilar around to some team. Maybe who could use him more someone like the New Orleans Saints, maybe try to get like a fourth, third or fourth round pick out of it and clear some cap space by getting rid of Darren Sproles and Ryan Matthews and putting a bigger role for Wendell Smallwood. I love when we have fans from Texas. Thank you for representing the Philadelphia Eagles in such hostile territory. All right, let's talk about Nelson Aguilar. Moving on from Nelson Aguilar, I get it. Disappointing. Two seasons. Hasn't been productive. Everybody sees that. If you want to trade Nelson Aguilar, let's be honest here, guys. You're not getting a third or fourth round draft pick for him. Instead, I think you keep Nelson, you bring him back, you see where his head is at, you see what Mike Groh can do with him. Can Nelson Aguilar ever be a number one wide receiver in the NFL? I don't know about that. But I do think he creates separation. I do think he runs good routes. I do think that if there is a way that Nelson can play with confidence, he can still be a productive wide receiver and a good cover man on special teams. I'm not ready to give up on Nelson Aguilar. Clearing cap space? Sure. Ryan Matthews, a really interesting case. Coming off that neck injury, hasn't been durable in his career, carries a high cap number for 2017. Tough decision for the Philadelphia Eagles. When he is on the field, Ryan Matthews, outstanding player, runs with power, runs with explosiveness, gets into the end zone, but he's just not on the field enough. So I want to see how the Eagles address the running back position in this offseason. I like Wendell Smallwood. 4.1 yards per carry last year. Touchdown return on a kickoff. Love him. Don't think he's a down-in, down-out back. Darren Sproles, I don't want him going anywhere. Enters his 13th season in the National Football League. Doesn't he look as explosive to you as ever? Averaged 4.7 yards per carry, caught 52 passes, averaged 13.2 yards on punt returns in 2016. Bring him back. Get him the football more. Let's see if Darren Sproles has another year left in his remarkable football body. We thank you very much for all of your contributions to our bird phone, and we look forward to more. When the Eagles Live podcast returns in two weeks, I will tweet out the number and give you another topic to discuss as free agency and the NFL draft get just a little bit closer for the Philadelphia Eagles and all of us. Thank you all so much for your contributions, your phone calls, your ideas, and your suggestions. Keep them coming on our podcast here. 
for the future. We've got a long way to go in this offseason. Things heating up, of course. We'll be with you every step of the way as the Eagles get into the Combine in Indianapolis and, of course, in free agency in early March. Thanks to Brian Thomas for putting this all together. Thanks to you for being part of the Eagles Live podcast each and every week. Make sure you pass the word. Let's increase our subscriptions, our listenership, and our involvement in the Philadelphia Eagles in 2017. Thanks so much, everyone, for joining in. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro saying, have yourselves a great Eagles day. E-A-T-L-E-S-E!